of the Free Ball and Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Shizzle, and uh, I'm alone today. Um, Jackson couldn't be with... Well, I couldn't be with Jackson today. Um, I started to have, you know, some flu-like symptoms, nothing crazy, but he has not had the coronavirus yet, and uh, we just wanted to be safe, and unfortunately, we do not yet have the technology to deliver a quality sound uh, from different locations. So it's just going to be me today. But uh, Jackson did send me his picks and everything, and uh, he wanted me to remind everyone multiple times that Carson Wentz does, in fact, suck. So, (laughs) now that we've gotten that out of the way, uh, let's jump into some news. We're going to start out, obviously, injuries. Um, Cam Akers will not be playing this week. Michael Thomas ruled out for week three as well. James White. Jerry Judy is going to be a game-time decision um, that may impact... Your lineup, I know a lot of people were high on starting him after Sutton went down. So keep an eye on Jerry Judy's uh, game time decision. But you might want to think about grabbing KJ Hamler if he's available as a quick alternate. Um, I don't love that idea just because we haven't really seen it from KJ Hamler yet. But it certainly is an option. So keep an eye on that. Uh, Henry Ruggs will not be playing this week. Uh, that doesn't really matter, um, considering he only had three targets last week from Derek Carr, and Derek Carr threw to Darren Waller like 16 times, so I wouldn't worry about that. Christian Kirk will not play. Um, he is super inefficient and not really a big part of that offense, so I wouldn't worry about that either. A.J. Brown ruled out as well. Uh, this is a big blow. I have a lot of shares of A.J. Brown, and I am just clamoring for him to get back, and it just doesn't look like it's going to happen. Um, this little blurb is so funny. It says, look for Corey Davis and Adam Humphreys to be quarterback Ryan Tannehill's top targets for week three. Like Jonu Smith isn't having a top five tight end year. Um, if you have Smith, you have to be ecstatic. I wouldn't play either of those guys though. Uh, Devontae Adams is probably doubtful. And unfortunately he plays the Sunday night game. Um, so you're going to need a pivot option if you are rostering Devontae Adams whether it's MVS or it's someone in the Monday night game or um, on the other side of the ball. Just make sure you have a pivot option for Devontae Adams. If you do not, you will probably benefit most from making the decision now to not start him, period, because the last thing you want is him to be ruled out at game time, obviously, and then you take a nice zero from your wide receiver one. Uh, Juju is practiced in full on Friday. He also posted on Instagram that he was going to play. I'm not worried about Juju. Josh Jacobs did return to practice today, uh, which is Friday after missing on Thursday. Um, I heard some analysis that historically, uh, Wednesday is kind of the veterans day off for banged up players just to get some extra rest. Uh, they played on Monday this week, so it would make sense for him to sit out a Thursday practice. Um, he's back to practice Friday. I would not worry about Josh Jacobs either. Same with Darren Waller. Same story. Uh, Philip Lindsay returned to practice. Um, I'm not sure if he will be playing, but he did return to practice. I would not play him anyway. A lot of you probably dropped him if you were rostering him. 
Um, so Philip Lindsay's kind of a afterthought at this point in the fantasy world. Debo Samuel is expected to practice next week. That is great news for a 49ers passing attack that is crippled right now, especially in the absence of George Kittle. Um, they were they were pretty tight end heavy reliant anyway in terms of they never really had that star receiver. Debo was kind of the closest thing to that guy. Um, so to see him coming back next week is a good thing for 49ers fans. Um, as I just mentioned, George Kittle is officially ruled out for week three. Um, that's pretty unfortunate for all Kittle owners, obviously. Uh, myself as a Giants fan, doesn't matter because we're going to lose anyway. So I'm a little disappointed because I have a lot of shares of George Kittle on my nine leagues. Uh, Sammy Watkins... If you have Sammy Watkins on your team, you can just drop him. Um, Jack Doyle practices on Friday. Um, if anyone had pivoted to Moali Cox, uh, you may want to hold your horses there. It looks like Jack Doyle is going to get some snaps this week. How much, we don't know. But uh, keep an eye on that situation. I think there's a lot better streaming options for tight end than Moali Cox if Jack Doyle is back at practice. Um, and that wraps up the news. I heard Julio Jones as well. He's not on the Fantasy Pros injury report, which is intriguing. Um, I believe he will be a game-time decision, but he is trusted to play through injuries often, and he's done it throughout his career. And keep an eye on the situation. Uh, Russell Gage gets a lot more interesting if Julio Jones does not play. Russell Gage, I think, is still a flex-worthy play, but keep an eye on Julio Jones. Um, without Jackson here, I'm just going to jump right into the matchups this week. Um, well, quick Thursday recap. Uh, we saw Gardner Minshew crawl under a rock and play really, really bad. Um, 30 for 42, 275 doesn't sound bad, but one interception, no touchdowns. Um, he made some really bad in-game decisions. He overthrew... Chris Conley on a wide-open 40-ish yard touchdown that probably changed the whole momentum of the game. Um, it was it was a tough look for Gardner Minshew. Um, now, he, he was missing DJ Chark, and I know people's first reaction is DJ Chark wasn't getting a lot of targets, but he is the wide receiver one on that team. So when he is absent from the field, uh, there's a lot to be said for uh, quarterback play going awry because he doesn't have his guy there to divert the defense to be a safety net if things break down. Um, so that wide receiver core was hurting without its leader. And uh, here we are, 31-13. to 13. On the bright side, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick looked really good. Uh, he didn't have big numbers. Uh, he only threw the ball, I think, 17 or 18 times. But he was super efficient, only two incompletions. He threw a few touchdowns. They gave the ball to Miles Gaskin 27 times, which I just thought was absolutely nuts. Uh, Matt Breida is a much better player than Miles Gaskin. Matt Breida is bigger than Miles Gaskin. I don't understand this whole Miles Gaskin thing they're doing in Miami, but they're continuing to do it. So Gaskin might be worth a stash if he hasn't been picked up already. Maybe he'll get some momentum, but he looks like he's easier to tackle than I would be out there. So 22 carries for 66 yards. That's not very good. That's three yards a carry, barely. Um, I guess keep an eye on, on Miles Gaskin. You know, he could always grow into his NFL shoes. But uh, James Robinson was the real running back story of that game. Um, he had some great fantasy days. Or, I'm sorry, he, had, he added to some great fantasy days for a lot of people who took the chance on him this week. 
He had six receptions for 83 yards in addition to his running totals and two rushing touchdowns. I believe it came out to 30.9 full PPR points. I have him in my home league. That's why I know that. But um, great day from James Robinson. All in all, the Jaguars might be as bad as we thought if uh, Minshew Mania starts to cool down. So we will see how that goes. Uh, but let's let's jump into these games here. 49ers and Giants. I'll start on the 49ers side of the ball. This might be my hot take of the week, but um, Jeff Williams... Jeff Williams, Jeff Wilson, excuse me, I believe is the start here over Jarek McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon only saw three carries once both Mostert and Tevin Coleman went down last week. Um, Wilson has been a part of this offense in the past. They decided to keep four running backs on this roster going into this year just so they could keep Wilson around. Um, And he had five touchdowns last year, which means he's the goal line guy. Now they're playing the New York Giants, and as we all know, the New York Giants are do-do so I would absolutely start Jeff Wilson against the Giants and be happy about it I'm not against starting Jarek McKinnon either he'll probably be more of the feature back but I think Wilson is going to get those scoring opportunities and ultimately that's what you're looking for when you're plugging into your flex so keep an eye on Wilson um and then obviously McKinnon Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman are both out George Kittle is out um and you should not be starting any 49ers receivers this week in my opinion over to the Giants side of the ball, um, Sterling Shepard out, obviously. Saquon is out for the season as well. Um, I don't like the running game here, to be honest. People went after Devontae Freeman with guns a-blazing, and I don't really understand why. I mean, Saquon was already having an, a rough time uh, having offensive production this season, and he's Saquon Barkley. So now we're going to split carries between Wayne Gallman, Deion Lewis, and Devontae Freeman on a Giants offense that doesn't look like it knows what it's doing. On top of that, Sterling Shepard is not helping to open up the field a little bit by being out there running routes. Um, yeah, I I want nothing to do with these with these Giants running backs. Oh, sorry if you can hear that microphone buzzing. Um, I want nothing to do with the Giants running backs this week or really any week. Um, I hope you didn't spend a lot of fab on them um, because I am I am out on that. Uh, Darius Slayton, though, is a good start, and I believe Evan Ingram is, too. Uh, Darius Slayton has nine receptions, 135 yards, and two touchdowns on the season. Um, he looks good out there. Him and Jones clearly have rapport. They have a chemistry going on, and with less mouths to feed, I think he's the receiver to play, and I think Evan Ingram gets an uptick, too. Without Saquon as reliable to dump off to, there's going to be a lot of Evan Ingram-type, uh, short routes from the tight end, so... I would play both of those guys and be happy. You're not playing Daniel Jones. Absolutely not. Um, I love the guy. We all know this, but you are not playing him this week. Zero way whatsoever. Um, I'll, I'll do the game picks at the end. I'll just run through the matchups. Uh, next matchup is the Lions and the Cardinals. This is a very interesting game. I am looking forward to watching. We have two high-scoring offenses. The over-under set at 55.5. Um, I love the Cardinals. This season, as you guys know, uh, DeAndre Hopkins already has 22 receptions, 219 yards, and a touchdown through two weeks. Um, Kyler Murray looks really, really good. He looks poised. He looks like he's going to make that sophomore jump we all wanted him to make. Um, I like Kenyon Drake this week a lot as well. Uh, The Cardinals are actually leading the league in uh, pace of play. So they they play the most snaps uh, the quickest which allows for more offensive opportunities. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I would start obviously Hopkins, obviously Drake, obviously Kyler. If you're if you have Christian Kirk, he's out. You shouldn't start him anyway. Um, I would not start anyone else in this game, to be honest. If you're gonna take a flyer on someone, maybe Andy Isabella. He was really really close to like an 80 yard touchdown last week, and he seems to be the deep threat guy, especially in the absence of Christian Kirk. So if you want a kind of a random dart throw type flyer, Andy Isabella is the guy. But other than that, just stick to the main three for the Cardinals offense. Uh, pivoting over to the Lions, you know how much I love the Lions. Not anymore. They suck. Um, they look really, really bad. I love Matthew Stafford still. He's having a good season from a statistics standpoint, and I think with a little more help, he could be winning games on the field. Kenny Galladay's coming back this week. I expect a high-intensity offensive shootout. I would probably take the over in this game, 55.5. I'm still confident in the over there. Um, you can start Marvin Jones in your flex if you want. I don't love the play, but then again, um, with Kenny Galladay back, I made this point a couple pods ago, but when Kenny Galladay's on the field, Marvin Jones becomes sometimes more useful because he is no longer the main guy everyone's looking to. So keep an eye on Jones. If you like him, if you feel good about it, you can throw him in the flex. Uh, TJ Hawkinson is a good play this week as well. The Cardinals were dead last in the NFL against the tight end last year. Um, they did improve it by drafting Isaiah Simmons, but it's still a little rough. So I would play Hawk and be be very happy about it. And with any hope, the Cardinals win this game. And fingers crossed we can get Matt Patricia fired. All right, sliding on down to our next game, we have the Bears at the Falcons. Now, the Bears are somehow 2-0. I don't really understand it. I would play Mitch Trubisky in fantasy this week. Um, there, I said it. Please don't hold me to it because Mitch Trubisky sucks. Shout out to Jackson. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, look, this Falcons secondary, defense as a whole, honestly, has been absolutely atrocious. I mean, they have given up so many points in both of their games. Um, I see this being high. I would take the over in this game. It's 47 and a half, and I would imagine a shootout here as well. I think David Montgomery is actually a decent play for once. Um, Allen Robinson, you're obviously starting, and you're going to be happy about it. I wouldn't touch Jimmy Graham. That's not fun. Um, Anthony Miller disappointed me last week. I thought he would continue to be used. He did not even look to be a part of that offense in Week 2 very much. Um, I would stay away unless you have a better option, and you're not obviously starting Tariq Cohen. So Trubisky... Good streamer if you don't have a better option. Montgomery, yes. Robinson, duh. Uh, moving over to the Falcons, we have Matt Ryan, the garbage time king. 61 for 90, 723 yards and six touchdowns on the season. Um, and he's 0-2, and he's his team is embarrassing. But that's a thing. So he's going to keep doing it, and you're going to keep being happy about it if you have him. So start him. Calvin Ridley the number one receiver on the Falcons. Yeah, I said it. 16 receptions, 239 yards, and four touchdowns. He has the ability, ladies and gentlemen, that Julio Jones does not have to make a red zone connection with Matt Ryan. I don't know if it's a Julio thing. I don't know if it's a Matt Ryan thing. I don't know if it's a both of them thing. We've talked about it Julio's whole career, and he doesn't score touchdowns. And here comes Calvin Ridley, fully poised to break out, and he looks like the number one receiver on that team. Um, 
I heard a thing, you know, Julio Jones eventually overtook Roddy White, and I think it's time Calvin Ridley eventually overtakes Julio Jones. So Julio might not even play. I mean, no disrespect to the man. He's an incredible talent, but Calvin Ridley's the guy there. Start him. Start Julio if he's playing. And Russell Gage, too, continues to get targets uh, despite the fact that nobody ever considers him an option. He's a really good flex play this week, I think, and most weeks, unless the Falcons are playing a dominant defense. Um, and I don't see the Bears being a dominant defense. They're a good defense, but they're not dominant. Um, so Gage is a good flex play, especially if Julio doesn't play. Hayden Hurst is is tough. I was off Hurst coming into the season. I thought the assumption that he would just fill Austin Hooper's role instantaneously was kind of silly considering Hooper was on that team for three years and he only had that role for one and then they let him go. So um, if you have Hurst, you probably need to start him. If you have a better streaming option, I would do that just because you'd never know if he's going to get the targets or if Gage is going to get those you know, tertiary targets. But either way, um, if Julio does not play, you can start Hayden Hurst. That's pretty pretty uh, straightforward there. Um Falcons backfield, you don't want any of them. Um, you probably drafted Todd Gurley in a place where you need to be playing him, and that's unfortunate because, you know, we kind of thought Todd Gurley would go to Atlanta and he'd at least be the goal line guy, right? Or he'd at least be the pass catching guy, and it looks like he's neither. Um, he's splitting back, uh, excuse me, splitting touches with Brian Hill and Ito Smith. Um, I don't know what they're doing with Todd Gurley. He had a good-ish looking week one, and it's kind of declined since then. I would pivot from Todd Gurley if you can. If you get someone who wants to buy him, sell, sell, sell. You do not want Todd Gurley. Um, I think that's everyone from that game. We'll move to the next one. This is one of my favorite games this week. It's going to be the Rams at the Bills. Uh, 46.5 over under. Buffalo is favored minus 2. Um, I like the Rams in this game. I've been saying it. Everyone is sleeping on this Rams offense. Uh, the Hig Beast looks great. Robert Woods looks great. Cooper Cup is due to look great. Um, you know, he doesn't go from being ridiculously red zone efficient with golf to being a nobody just overnight. Like, that's not going to continue. I would, I would bank on an upward progression trend from Cup here going forward. I think he'll get his six to six to ten touchdowns for for Cooper Cup. So don't fret if you're a Cup owner. Um, I don't know that this is the week to just roll out all your Rams because the Bills' defense is very good. Although they did give up tw- or allow twenty eight points to Miami last week, so you kind of have to weigh it here. Um, I'm playing Higby and I'm playing Woods, and I'm happy about both of them. You should be too. Uh, that would be my recommendation for the Rams receiving options. Jared Goff continues to be a good streaming quarterback option. I would pivot away this week again with the matchup against the Bills, but he's not a bad option if you're in a pinch. As for the Rams' backfield, we know Cam Akers is going to miss more time with his rib cartilage in- injury, which means you're kind of dealing with Malcolm Brown or Daryl Henderson. Uh, as we mentioned on the recap pod, if you haven't listened to that yet, go check it out. But Daryl Henderson was far more efficient than Malcolm Brown was last week, and that's why he got the work last week. And I think a lot of us took it too lightly when Sean McVay said we're going to ride the hot hand. I truly believe that. So 
I don't feel confident starting either of these players right now. Um, maybe throw a watch flag on them if you picked them up and you don't need to play them. I would not. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a tough backfield to work with. It's, it's a three-headed monster, but they're not all getting work every week, and obviously Akers is out now. But, yeah, I would stay away if you can. Let's go over to the Bills' side of the ball. Um, Josh Allen continues to be really, really, really good, especially for fantasy, getting all that work on the ground. Um, this is his first real test, though. You know, he's got to play a real defense this week. Um, yeah, Stephon Diggs, man. I'll tell you what, Stephon Diggs, 16 receptions, 239 yards, and a touchdown on the season so far. I was wrong about Stephon Diggs, and I'm not ready to fully retreat because, again, this is their first real test. But I thought having him and John Brown on the team together, when they're both deep threat kind of guys, and Josh Allen is historically inaccurate, and that's kind of where he struggles, they would just cannibalize each other, and his value would go way, way down. Um, He is playing whatever role of receiver he feels like because he is making all the plays. He looks really good out there. And Josh Allen's ability to scramble really seems to actually open up the field for his deep threats to shine, even if they're not running um, full deep routes. You know, they'll they'll run some intermediate routes because the defense is preparing to contain Josh Allen. So it seems to be a good match. John Brown is a sneaky flex play. Um, he seems to be getting more work than ever anyone expected as well. He was going pretty much undrafted in a lot of leagues, so... Keep an eye on that. But if you have Diggs, you got to start him this week. And if you have Devin Singletary, you got to start him too. Zach Moss was just ruled out, actually. So Devin Singletary is going to get all of the backfield work in Buffalo along with Josh Allen. Um, I like Josh Allen this week. Obviously, you have to play him until he shows you that he can't handle a good defense. So Josh Allen, you're playing him. Devin Singletary, you're playing him. Diggs, you're playing him. John Brown, you can play him. Um, But yeah. This will be a fun game, definitely. I think it's my favorite from the morning slate, to be honest. Next game is the Washington football team and the Cleveland Browns. Um, We saw the Browns last week dominate on the ground. And for what it's worth, Washington gets this reputation of having this amazing, amazing defense. But last week, they didn't really show that. Um, They were fine, but they weren't this elite front seven type defense that we thought they might be after week one now they only had to play Boston Scott and Corey Clement week one so I kind of told everyone to hold their horses on that but it'll be interesting to see how they handle the challenge of two running back ones on the same team Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt you have to start both of those guys uh the upside is is too big there and you're happy about it too I mean Kareem Hunt you probably got him in like the fifth round and so far he's the RB9 on the season so you got to be super happy about that uh, you're not starting Baker Mayfield. Please, God, don't. Um, OBJ, sell him high. Um, his touchdown last week was not even a touchdown. He was short. They didn't call it back for whatever reason. And without that play, he has another single-digit scoring week, and you are scratching your head wondering why you bought into the breakout. I don't buy it until I see it with OBJ. And I'm actually off of Jarvis, too, because... That Bengals defense made Baker look decent last week, and he is far from decent, at least right now. I was a big Baker guy after his rookie season. I think the antics are kind of fun. You know, the the beer at the game and stuff. He got a lot of criticism for that. I don't understand it. Like, 
sports are fun, you know, and if you want to chug a beer at a baseball game, I think it's dope, but that's beside the point. So I like Baker. I'm not rooting against him, but I haven't seen it. I need to see it. So OBJ, pivot if you can. Don't start Jarvis Landry. You probably have another option. Um, I, I don't like it this week. I don't like the Browns offense. I think Kevin Stefanski is a heavy running coach. He always has been. And when things aren't working through the air, he's going to run the ball. And I just, until I see it, you know, I started Jarvis in a league last week. He got me like five points. Like, I don't, I don't want it. And you shouldn't either. Unfortunately, Austin Hooper seems to be droppable at this point. They went and made him the highest paid tight end in NFL history at the time. Kelsey and Kittle have both since gotten extensions. But highest paid tight end in NFL history, and they're using him to, yes, you guessed it, they're using him to block. I don't get it, but here we are. So Hooper's droppable if you need a roster spot and pivot from OBJ and Jarvis this week if you can. Um Let's go to the next game. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't do Washington. Uh, Terry McLaurin, you're starting him. You're happy. He's Dwayne Haskins' only option, and I don't care how mediocre Dwayne Haskins is. You know, Terry McLaurin gets the job done. 12 receptions, 186 yards, and a touchdown on the season. Good wide receiver two, great wide receiver three. Play him. Be happy about it. Um, That backfield is frustrating to me. They took Peyton Barber out of the equation, which was good. Um, I like Antonio Gibson's outlook going forward. They seem to like using him as well. I don't know if I'd go all in on that yet this week, but Antonio Gibson is the play if you're going to play anyone. And if you're starting Dwayne Haskins, this better be a 32-team fantasy league, and he better be your only option. Next game. Um, by the way, these are all my opinions. These do not include Jackson's opinions. Um, we have quite a bit of parody. Makes the show fun. Um, and we both do the research for our respective opinions. So if you want his opinions, tweet at our account and say, hey, Jackson, and then fill in your question and see what his opinion on it is. Uh, you can find us at Pod on Twitter. So cheap plug there. But the next game is going to be the Titans and the Vikings. Uh, my glorious, glorious, glorious Tennessee Titans are looking real good, even without A.J. Brown. Ryan Tannehill continues to be incredibly efficient. Uh, 47 for 67, 488 yards, and six touchdowns through three weeks. Um, he gets the job done, and you should play him this week against one of the worst teams I have ever seen. This Minnesota Vikings team looks so bad. Shout out to my buddy Sanborn. I'm sorry. They're so bad. They look awful on both sides of the ball. Start your Titans, man. Start Jonu Smith. Um, eh, I take that back. Start Tannehill. Start Smith. If you want to take a dart throw, I mentioned this earlier on Corey Davis um, or the other guy. I'm bugging on his name right now. Um, if you have him, you know who I'm talking about. You could. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Um, someone's inevitably going to catch a touchdown. Uh, my money's on Smith, but I think this is going to be the Derrick Henry get-right game. He has carried the ball 25 and 31 times the last two weeks. He's been sort of inefficient, and he hasn't found the end zone yet. And we all know Derrick Henry and what he can do and what he does in the second half of the season as well. Expect a minimum of 25 carries from Derrick Henry, and so help me God if he does not get in the end zone this week. You know what? I'm just going to make it right now. That's my touchdown draft pick of the week. I won't even save it till later. Derrick Henry, touchdown, lock, book it. 
Um, Vikings side of the ball. Adam Thielen. Fun fact about Adam Thielen, he is the second highest target share recipient from like from the perspective of a team's individual targets. I forget the exact name of that stat, uh, but he's only behind DeAndre Hopkins. Um, yeah, Adam Thielen gets all the work. So if you trust Kirk Cousins' 11 throws a game because he's that bad, for some reason he doesn't want to throw the ball, to throw it to Adam Thielen, I mean, he's got two touchdowns. He's got 141 yards through two weeks. He's only got nine receptions. But if you trust Kirk to to make some passes this week, you got to play Adam Thielen if you have him. Um, I would sell him if you can. I don't like this team going forward. I think they're going to crumble before our eyes. And Adam Thielen's not going to get 16 touchdowns this year. And without a touchdown in him, you're probably going to be pretty disappointed. So I would try to sell if you can on Adam Thielen. But... Here we are, you have them, you got to play them, and you'll probably be happy about it. It'll probably be fine. Um, Dalvin Cook, I'll tell you what, that is interesting because I, this whole Vikings way of playing football, man, like, let's hand the ball off 8,000 times, let's not pass, even if we're losing. It just doesn't work when you're losing. I I mean, Dalvin Cook is not going to get good touches on a team that is always losing. And that's why he hasn't been extraordinary in fantasy. Um, that's why one of the reasons I was afraid to draft him is I didn't like the reliance on him in that offense, that and the whole holdout thing. But I don't have any shares of Dalvin Cook, and I don't regret it at all. Um, if you have him, you're obviously starting him, but I'm I'm concerned going forward on Dalvin Cook's outlook, to be completely honest. And uh, you can actually, you can stream Dwayne Haskins from the previous game if your only other option is Kirk Cousins. Um, That was for Tim. Shout out. I hope you're happy. Because Kirk Cousins, who he also loves, so this is a moot point, but Kirk Cousins is bad. He does not look like a quarterback out there. Next game, Raiders, Patriots. This will be fun. The Raiders upset the Saints on Monday night. And uh, the offense looked pretty good doing it. Now, they ran very, very heavily through Darren Waller. And the genius Bill Belichick knows how to scheme. And he knows how to plan for specific players to shut them down. So it's going to be very interesting to see what the somehow 2-0 Raiders can do against Bill Belichick and a pretty good Patriots defense. Um, I'm weaning off of them, to be honest. They got absolutely lit up last week by... The Seahawks, who were very good in their own right, but between the holdouts and uh, I don't know, they're just they're not doing it for me anymore. Quite like last year through Week Eight, they were like, I think they were the twenty fourth ranked fantasy scorer. Like you had an RB two on your team if you had the Patriots defense, it was nuts. Um, so they're certainly not at that caliber anymore. Uh, Cam Newton, you got to start him. He's he's a rushing machine. He looks like he's good throwing. I like Cam Newton until I don't anymore. You know, he's the opposite of OBJ. I'm going to start Cam Newton happily until he shows me a dud game, and then I'll reevaluate. So start Cam, be happy. Julian Edelman, um, he had one reception at halftime, and it wasn't until they got desperate that they threw to him a bajillion times. I don't expect the Patriots to be in a position where Cam Newton has to throw the ball 40-plus times in a negative game script very often. Therefore, I don't like Julian Edelman at all 
uh, sell high, absolutely sell high. He's, I don't think he's going to do that anymore. And he may continue to prove me wrong, and that's fine, but it scares me, and I don't trust it at all. So that's the Patriots' side of the ball. You're not starting to kill Harry, obviously. You're not touching this backfield because who knows who's going to get the handoff this week. Uh, Raiders' side of the ball, I touched on Darren Waller. If you have Darren Waller, you're freaking thrilled. I mentioned it on the recap pod, but I avoid mid-round tight ends for the reason that they're hard to drop when they play bad. But when they have games like this, they're very, very exciting. So start Darren Waller. Be very happy about it until he shows you that you can't anymore. But I think Derek Carr is going to go to Darren Waller early and often. You're obviously starting Josh Jacobs. That guy's elite. He looks excellent out there. He's catching passes as as I thought he would. He would work his way into the passing game this year, being a second-year running back. Um, I'm not touching any of the other Raiders receiving options. If you really, really, really needed someone for some reason, you could start, I guess I would say Hunter Renfro, just because he's been there the longest and Ruggs is out, but I'm not happy about it. So avoid it if you can at all costs. Um, Streaming Derek Carr. I don't love it. I don't hate it. There's probably a better option. So take that for what it is. Two more 10 a.m. or 1 p.m. games, depending on where you are in the world. Uh, Bengals and the Eagles. Now, this is such a toilet bowl, it's not even funny. Um, we have the two most hated players on the podcast squaring off. We have Jackson's Carson Wentz against my Joe Mixon. Um, I'll start on the Eagles' side of the ball. Philly's favored by five points. I think that's hilarious. They look like a joke of a team. They have the announcer playing booze in their own stadium, which I think is hilarious, but... They do not look good out there. Um, Carson Wentz, I said it last week, maybe drop him, maybe don't. I dropped him on a team. Um, Regrettably, it was to pick up Gardner Minshew, and I played him yesterday, and that was disappointing. But you live and you learn. Um, But, yeah, Carson Wentz is pretty much droppable, mostly because no one else is going to pick him up if he gets good again. You can probably snag him with a decent priority waiver or – not a huge chunk of fab. So, yeah, Carson Wentz, I wouldn't play him this week, especially without Jalen Rager, who looks like he's going to be out for eight weeks. Someone to keep an eye on, though. Um, oh, God, I'm bugging. See, this is why it's nice to have a co-host, guys, because when you talking to yourself for this long of a time, it kind of makes you go crazy. Um, Alshon Jeffrey, that's his name, duh. Um, probably a free ad, and uh, you can just throw him right on the IR, and uh, he might make a reappearance before Rager is healthy again, and you might get a week or two at Alshon Jeffrey. So speculative ad, you can put him right on the IR, so take that for what it's worth. Um, but you're not starting any wide receivers on this team. You're not starting Arcega Whiteside or Greg Ward. Or, um, I'm not starting Deshaun Jackson. For some reason, fantasy analysts keep saying Deshaun Jackson is a safe start, and I don't understand it. Carson Wentz looks bad on the field. Therefore, his deep threat is not going to get the ball. Plus, he's Deshaun Jackson. He's 108 years old, and everything has to go right for him to not get hurt. It's a miracle he hasn't yet. It's probably because he hasn't really touched the ball. I'm not starting Deshaun Jackson this week. Not a chance. If you want to, that's okay. People seem to think that's a decent idea. I don't like it. So, up to you on that one. Um, my RB two for the week though, is Miles Sanders. Um, shout out 
Miles Sanders, my guy. I have, let me look at my board here. One, two, three, four, five, six shares of Miles Sanders on nine teams. Um, I got the second half of the first round in most of my drafts this year. It was kind of disappointing, but um, it was cool because I could stack a couple players that I was really high on that I thought people were sleeping on. And Miles Sanders is that man. He looked really, really good last week. The offense clearly runs through him. And with Wentz playing bad, running back is kind of the my team is bad proof position. I mean, we've seen it with McCaffrey despite, you know, injuries excluded, obviously. We've seen it with McCaffrey. We've seen it with Barkley. I think in Adrian Peterson's first or second MVP year, I don't remember, the Vikings won like five games. And everyone's like, how do you give the MVP to a, a player that didn't help their team win? It's like, because he's that dominant. Um, Miles Sanders is the guy on this offense. You have him. You start him. You're happy. I think he goes absolutely nuts on this Bengals defense that allowed four touchdowns to running backs last week in Chubb and Hunt, and they are dead last in the NFL in fantasy points allowed to the running back on the season. So, Miles Sanders, be super happy to start him this week. And then there's Goddard and Ertz, and, like, if you have Ertz, you kind of got to play the game and start him because you took him to start him, you took him at high draft, and you have to assume eventually we're going to see the Zach Ertz we know. If he drops another bad performance this week, that's when I would start to panic. Um, I'm a little concerned about Zach Ertz going forward. Dallas Goddard, though, is a great start. Um, a little disappointing last week. You know, he is a tight end. You're not going to get stellar weeks every single week, but excellent matchup against the Bengals here. Less receiving options. I think Goddard and Ertz are both good starts this week. And I think that's it for Philly. Let's go over to Cincinnati. Um, I like Joe Burrow. I started him last week. I got a lot of good... Fantasy points, even though it was garbage time, um, I think he's going to do that. He's got poise. He's commanding that team. He's learning. He looks good out there. So if you have Joe Burrow and you want to start him, absolutely go for it. I think I have to start him in a league, and I'm not I'm not bugging about it at all. Um, no, I'm sorry. That's the Carson Wentz league. I dropped someone off the bench to start Minshew for Stafford in one of my many Stafford share leagues because he's playing the Cardinals and I just wasn't sure how that would go and that was regrettable. So I will be starting Joe Burrow again in lieu of Carson Wentz for the second week in a row. So do it. Sounds fun. Let's do it. AJ Green gets all the targets and looks not good. I don't really understand it, but that the ball goes his way a ton and you could say quality of target this that and the other thing he looks like he's lost step he looks every bit his age and I'd be a little worried about him I think if Joe Burrow has a weakness obviously it's throwing outside the numbers um his bread and butter in college was Clyde Edward Tolaire and oh excuse me wow Justin Jefferson who's a slot receiver so I like Tyler Boyd he may have only gotten eight targets last week to Green's 13 I believe but he caught seven of them, and one was a touchdown, and he dropped another touchdown. So he could have been eight for eight with two touchdowns. So I like Tyler Boyd. I don't like A.J. Green. Um, so take that for what it's worth. You're not starting... Um, God, this whole co-host thing. Yeah. John Ross, you're not starting T. Higgins. Um, Drew Sample is an interesting ad. I mentioned it on the last pod. I wouldn't start him this week. But Joey B obviously likes to throw to the tight end. And with Uzoma out, 
I mean, he's got no other tight end to throw to. So maybe Boyd gets an uptick out of the slot, and maybe Drew Sample becomes super relevant. He was already kind of relevant. He looked like he was getting a few targets out there. So keep an eye on Drew Sample for sure. And to the Bengals' backfield, my absolute favorite part of this team, Joe Mixon is absolute freaking garbage. I can do this math in my head. It's so easy. 35 carries for 100. Oh, no. It would have to be 105, wouldn't it? To be three yards a carry. Okay. 35 carries for 115 yards. That's like 3.2 yards per carry. That is absolute garbage. Okay. I said it. I've been shouting it from the rooftops. He is volume based and he's got 35 carries through two weeks. And everyone has this whole like, oh, but he's a pass catching running back. No, he's not. If you've watched a single Bengals game this year, the passing work is going to Gio Bernard. Okay. Joe Mixon is not good. If you can find someone who believes in the resurgence of Joe Mixon this season, sell him. Sell him for a flex worth. Okay. Sell him for a wide receiver two level talent. Maybe even a wide receiver three. I would trade Joe Mixon for Josh Kelly. I would trade Joe Mixon for James Robinson. I would trade Joe Mixon for um, maybe not DeAndre Swift yet. But you get the idea, okay? He's not good. I'm sorry. He's not good, and that's it. But you have to start him if you have him. So put him in and hope he can tear up the Eagles a little bit. We'll see. Um, sorry for ranting about that for super long. Jackson probably would have fought me here, but it is what it is. It's what happens when I get the flu-like symptoms and he doesn't, and I have the equipment. So, Jackson, I love you, but suck it. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, sorry. Off the soapbox. Next game, Steelers, Texans. This is going to be interesting. Um, The line is Pittsburgh by four points. I don't even know what to make of this game. The rushing leader on the Steelers is Benny Snell. But all of that came against the Giants. People who put him in last week, which we told you not to, are incredibly disappointed and should be. Give yourself a little slap on the neck because that was dumb. James Conner's healthy. James Conner's good at football. He's going to get the work until he's not healthy anymore. So Benny Snell truthers can get out of here. He's a one-dimensional player. James Conner is too. So that's that. Deontay Johnson, man. I'll tell you what. He is a target monster. He gets so much work. I am starting him in every league that I can. A couple leagues I picked him up off waivers. Some leagues I drafted him late rounds. I am so happy for my shares of Deontay Johnson. He is getting a start in every one of my leagues, and I'm more willing to trade much draft capital-based receivers better. Better draft capital-based receivers. You know what I mean? Then Deon- like I, I do not want to part with Deontay Johnson one bit. He is lighting it up. Um, I would expect a touchdown from him this week. We'll see. But he's got 14 receptions for 149 yards through two games. That is... Really, really, really good numbers, and he's getting all the targets, and his rapport with Big Ben is only growing, so start him happily. We talked about Juju. Start him as well. He's obviously the red zone favorite, so he's going to get his touchdowns and uh, plenty of work, too. Juju's a great player, so start him. Be happy, and you're not starting Ebron until he shows you he's the tight end king again, and on this team, it doesn't look like he's going to be, so take that for what it's worth, and you're not obviously starting Vance McDonald, so... Big Ben, um, 
yeah, I mean, the Chiefs torch this Texans defense. Big Ben can too. I would stream Big Ben this week and be happy about it. Um, I have him in one league. I can't remember which one. I think I have a better option this week, though, but I kind of want a piece of that. Maybe I'll reconsider because this could be a fun game. Uh, going to the Texans side of the ball, Will Fuller did Will Fuller things. He absolutely took his opportunity to be the number one guy and disappeared last week. So who knows what's going on with Will Fuller. Um, Brandon Cooks seems to be healthy. He is not on the injury report, so he could be a good wide receiver three start, maybe a flex play. Um, he's going to get his work. I, Brandon Cooks, for me, I was high on him coming into the season because I thought he would become the wide receiver one we've seen him be in the absence of DeAndre Hopkins. The Texans have had the hardest strength of schedule through two weeks, through three weeks, if you include the Steelers, and it's not even close. Um, so don't don't get all cranky about your Texans yet. Give them a little bit of time. But I would absolutely pivot away. Um, I'm sorry. I uh, I keep trying not to cough because I have like a bit of a cough and I'm not able to stop talking for more than four seconds. So because I'm doing it alone. So that's my pauses. I apologize for that. Um, but I would look to pivot from Deshaun Watson, honestly. This week, it's going to be tough. And I know you drafted him high, and you drafted him to be really good. This is the best defense in the NFL, except maybe the Ravens. Um, they are very, very good. And I don't see... You know, Deshaun Watson's biggest critique throughout his career has been he holds the ball for too long, right? But he often had DeAndre Hopkins to bail him out of that, and now he doesn't. So... Yeah, I, I don't like Deshaun Watson this week. I don't like David Johnson this week. I don't like I don't like any Texans, if we're being completely honest. I would stay away from them. I think Pittsburgh is going to crush that four points. To the afternoon games, Jets-Colts. This is the funniest game of the, the week just because don't start a Jet. None of them. I don't care where you drafted them. I don't care why you drafted them. Do not start a jet. I don't care at your scoring system. Don't start a jet, period. They suck. Adam Gase needs to get fired. We're all on that train. Hopefully he does before Thanksgiving. Hopefully he does this week, to be honest. He's he's doo-doo. He's bad. So I am out on all of your jets, so I'll make that nice and easy. Let's move to the Colts side. I don't like Phillip Rivers. He's... He's still a dump-off guy. I mean, he's probably going to get a lot of completions this week, but I don't know that he's going to get a lot of touchdowns because Jonathan Taylor is going to run all over the New York Jets. The Jets have given up 280 rushing yards in the first two games to opposing running backs. Jonathan Taylor is going to get all of the work. He's going to get the ball handed to him 25 times or more and he's going to get his six to eight receptions or targets, and he's going to go absolutely ham. He was my touchdown draft pick until I realized that Derrick Henry is, is going to score a touchdown. So um, I love Jonathan Taylor this week. You have to be happy. Now, if you spend a lot of fab on Naheem Hines, which I also did, you have to be patient, okay? The Colts didn't use Naheem Hines because they weren't playing from behind last week. They were playing the doo-doo Vikings, okay? Now they're playing the even more doo-doo Jets. So this game script is not going to favor a pass-catching running back. So don't start Hines this week. Be patient. 
The Colts are not that good of a team. They have a really good defense. Their offense is so-so. And I don't. I think they're going to have a lot more close game scripts this season where Naheem Hines will get his work. So be patient. Don't drop him. God, don't drop him. Um, but don't start him this week. And at tight end, Jack Doyle is practicing, so I wouldn't start him and I wouldn't start Moali Cox as much as I'd love to see Moali Cox run the league because he is huge. Guy's a giant. Uh, seven receptions for 131 yards. Incredible. Um, the wide receiving options are interesting. T.Y. Hilton dropped a 50-yard touchdown pass, and if he had caught it, our outlook on T.Y. I feel like would be very, very different. He he's fine. You know, he's, he's T.Y. Hilton. You know what you're getting. He's a wide receiver too. But if he caught that touchdown, you'd be happy. He'd be probably a top 15 to 20 guy. He'd be in the high end of the two column. Right now, he's barely scraping the low end. He might even be in the three category. Um, I think this is a good start for T.Y. I think you're happy to do it. Um, I don't hate starting Pittman or Pascal. I just feel like you have to kind of have an inkling on who is going to get the work. And Pascal caught a touchdown last week, but Pittman's the new young guy, so that's kind of preference there or who you have. I don't hate it. Um, and then, obviously, Paris Campbell is still out. So that's it for the Colts. Oh, don't start Phillip Rivers. I don't know if I said that or not, but don't ever start Phillip Rivers. He's he's toast. He's, he's an old man out there. He can't throw the ball. Next game, Panthers-Chargers. This is going to be such an exposing game for the 0-2 Panthers, as I predicted. Bad, bad, bad. Not a good team. Now without Christian McCaffrey, which is really unfortunate. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, the dude throws under like five yards an attempt in his career. He's not good. He's a glorified game manager. And now he's limited in options. That being said, I love DJ Moore this week because he is going to get all the short routes and all the work there. I don't hate Robbie Anderson this week. I think he's startable, but I do think that this Chargers defense that held the Kansas City Chiefs to nine points through three and a half quarters is going to shut down this Panthers shell of an offense. Um, Mike Davis, if you picked him up, you probably needed to start him or you tried to snatch him from someone else. Um, If you need to start Mike Davis, I think you have to, and you have to hope that he gets the CMC role. He did have eight receptions um, last week after CMC went down. And uh, that's a big number, eight. So keep that in mind. I don't love it, but if you have to do it, you have to do it. Um, You're not starting Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, You're not starting Curtis Samuel. People are talking about how he ran the ball a few times. I don't care. He's not a running back. He's some kind of hybrid Swiss Army knife player who can run the ball. But please don't try to sit here and convince me that Curtis Samuel is going to get 15 rushing touches this week. No. Or line up in the backfield a whole bunch of times. It's it's just not a thing. It's for trick plays. It's a gimmick. It is it is what it is. Don't, don't go for that. Um, Chargers side of the ball. You watched what they did on the ground against Kansas City. They ran the ball. 39 times. They gave 23 to Joshua Kelly. They gave 16 to Eckler. Why they're not giving more to Eckler if they're not going to pass to Eckler, I do not know. But you're starting both of these guys this week, and you're happy about it. Um, especially Josh Kelly. Like I was a little hesitant to start him, and then I started to do some some research, and I was like, dude, Josh Kelly's going to be awesome this week. Like It's safe. It's like James Robinson yesterday. He's going to get all his work, and he's running against the Panthers. He'll be fine. 
So start him, start Eckler. You can start Allen. I wouldn't start Mike Williams until we see a little more rapport from Herbert, but that'd be kind of a fun dart throw. Maybe in a in a DFS, you could run a stack like a Justin Herbert and um, Mike Williams stack. I heard that on a show today. Um, interesting idea for for DFS plays when you when you do dart throws and stuff. But you're not starting them in redraft. You're not starting them in dynasty. Um, but keep an eye on Mike Williams because Justin Herbert looks like he likes to sling the ball. So, and Hunter Henry, reliable start every week. Another good one, matchup here. Start Hunter Henry. Be happy about it. The 125 game, Bucks and Broncos. <sighs> Look, the Buccaneers are such an interesting, interesting team. Tom Brady is probably on your waiver wire because he's disappointed thus far. Like I told you, he probably would. Um, if you are still rostering Gronk, just stop. Stop holding on to it. You got fooled. It's okay. It happens to all of us, but you got fooled, and it's costing your team. It's hurting your team. Drop Gronk and pick up a serviceable player. He he hasn't done a thing uh, this entire season, and he's not going to. Uh, Bruce Arians had a quote this week and said, I brought Gronk in to play tight end. If that means block run blocking, that means run blocking. He might never have another pass thrown to him. It doesn't matter. He's still a tight end or something like that. Like, no, you don't want that on your team. And you don't want OJ Howard and you don't want Cameron Brait because you just you don't want any piece of that. You want Mike Williams, excuse me, Mike Evans every week that he's healthy, and you want Chris Godwin every week that he's healthy, because those two guys are elite, and that's it. Uh Scotty Miller disappointed in lieu of Chris Godwin last week. Um, this Bucks team is weird, man. Uh, the backfield is in shambles. Jackson likes Fournette. I don't at all. Um, I'm staying so far away from that. Just wait till Leonard Fournette misses a blitz pickup or, you know, drops a pass in the end zone or fumbles or something. And Bruce Arians turns around and decides to punish him like he always does to his running backs and put in Rojo or McCoy or Keyshawn Vaughn or whatever. So just stay away. If you can, if you can get someone to buy high on Fournette's week last week, I would absolutely sell. Um, there is a contrarian opinion to that, and it's Jackson's. So if you want it, you can tweet at us. Uh, to the Broncos side of the ball, Drew Locke is out, but I think Jeff Driscoll is is a really good backup quarterback, and I don't think Drew Locke was a really good NFL quarterback yet, so I don't think the drop-off is that severe. Um, no Cortland Sutton. So you, now you're looking at Jerry Judy, who's kind of iffy right now. So KJ Hamler becomes interesting. Uh, the play this week is 100% Noah Fant. He is electric. He is so fun to watch, and he's going to get all the work. Uh, I love Noah Fant this week. I also love Melgo this week um, against the Bucks defense. They've been a good defense, don't get me wrong, but Melgo still managed to grind away at the Steelers last week, and he even caught a touchdown. So I like Melgo this week. Keep an eye on him with Philip Lindsay returning, but I don't think Philip Lindsay will have any impact, especially this week, maybe next week, but we'll see. Um, Jeff Driscoll is like not a bad stream in like a two-quarterback league or in a league where you're like, oh, I drafted Wentz or I drafted Watson and then I drafted Wentz, and you're like, I have no idea who to start. I don't hate starting Jeff Driscoll against the Bucks. I mean, 
it has to be your last option, but I don't hate it. So take that for what it's worth. I think he'll throw a couple touchdowns. Cowboys Seahawks. This is going to be fun. Uh, I expect a shootout here. I'm going to make this very simple. Start your Seahawks. Start your Cowboys. Do not start Dalton Schultz for the Cowboys. But start everyone else. Start your Seahawks. Start Russ. Start Dak. 57 over under. Um, it's going to be a high-scoring game. I 57 is high, but I like the over here because I just think it's going to be a shootout. The Seahawks gave up a lot of points a couple weeks in a row now. They're def- I'm so... People keep talking about Jamal Adams like he's so freaking good, and he's he's not doing anything special out there. He's fine. He Jamal Adams is a I heard it put this way today. He's a difference maker type of player, which means he'll make the big play or the turning point play. But on every down work, he's he's not he's nothing. He's just another safety out there. I don't think I think he's overhyped. I might get some flack for that. I don't really care. Um, This defense is not great on the Seahawks side. So I see a lot of production from a good Cowboys offense and vice versa, exactly the same. So start them all. Packers Saints, this will be fun. Drew Brees looks old. Um, It seemed going into this year that we were talking about the end of Aaron Rodgers. And it's funny how that script has kind of shifted to Drew Brees. Now, it's very early. We don't want to overreact. But Drew Brees looks old. And even with Michael Thomas, he looks old. His two finishes at quarterback this year have been QB 22, QB 24. You don't want to start Drew Brees this week against the Packers. You just don't. You don't want to start Drew Brees at all, really, especially without Michael Thomas playing Um, and healthy. So... Pivot, if you can. Alvin Kamara, having a hell of a season. He will continue to get work. He will continue to be great because he is great. It's boring how great he is. He's he's awesome. Alvin Kamara is a stud. Um, to the receivers for this team, um, I mean, you're probably starting Jared Cook if you drafted him. Traquan Smith turned out to be a serviceable play last week. Five receptions for 86 yards. He didn't get in the end zone. Um, but he seems to kind of be the Michael Thomas role fitter. He's a big, tall guy, and he runs those short routes just as well as he runs a long route. So if you need a a flex play in Traquan Smith, I don't hate it. I think I'm going to do it in one league, actually. So uh, Traquan Smith is a guy to watch out for, and uh, I think that covers the Saints side of the ball. So we'll go to the Packers. Aaron Rodgers, you are 100% playing him. You watched... Derek Carr scorched the Saints defense last week. You have to be happy about Aaron Rodgers doing it. And shout out to Derek Carr, but he's not Aaron Rodgers. We all know that. Um, 50 for 74, 604 yards and six touchdowns through two games. Aaron Rodgers is looks like he's every bit back to his old self. He even put his arm around Matt LaFleur on the sideline the other day, which would mean that the hatchet is most likely buried or at least enough where they can be civil. So... Aaron Rodgers is the man, continues to be the man. I thought this team was fraudulent after last year because they looked bad, and now they just, they must have heard me say it, and now they want to show me that I was wrong because they look really freaking good out there. Aaron Jones, man, he's the best fantasy player right now. 34 carries, 234 yards, and three touchdowns, and his receiving work rivals that of a high-end wide receiver, too. Um 
It might even be wide receiver one right now. It's it's insane. If you have Aaron Jones, you're starting him every week, and you're super happy you got him late. Um, Devontae Adams might not play, and this is an interesting thing because I mentioned this earlier. You're going to need to pivot. I don't like MVS because he drops the ball. I don't like Alan Lazard because he doesn't seem to be as trusted as MVS, which doesn't make sense. But you probably need one of them unless you're going to pick up, like, shout out to my buddy Dyke, if you're going to pick up Demarcus Robinson to play on Monday night. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you got to have one of them ready to go. Devontae's not looking good as of right now. Um, so keep an eye on that. But, I mean, the Packers are still looking really good on offense. And Aaron Jones is just going to eat. So I'm here for all of it. And finally, the game you've all been waiting for, why we have it in week three, I don't know, but the matchup of the year, the Chiefs and the Ravens, the two best teams in football, and the AFC. Um, Baltimore's a three-and-a-half point favorite here. The over-under is 54-and-a-half. I'm going to break it down pretty simple. Both teams have an elite quarterback. Both teams have an elite offense. The Ravens have an elite defense, and the Chiefs have a meh defense and when I say meh it's because their style is we will let you run the ball we will stop you with the pass it's it's pretty simple that's kind of their outlook on defense and for what it's worth it's an NFL formula for success these days you you know all the running backs don't matter people this goes right with that if you can stop elite quarterbacks through the air and force them to run you can win games if your offense is elite on the other side of the ball. So, that being said, I'm still going to pick the Chiefs. <laughs> um, I don't know why. I just, the Ravens have had a cakewalk up to this point, and the Chiefs haven't even blossomed into the Chiefs we all know and love. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has been obviously great, but not the quarterback you're taking rounds before you should ever take a quarterback and it's he was still too early from a fantasy perspective but he has not been that guy so far he has been a very very good quarterback one but he was he was the QB seven last week you know um shout out to uh Broto Fantasy for that plug giving me the the Tyreek Hill take um that's where I write my articles so go check them out brotofantasy.com but yeah man I mean Patrick Mahomes has to come out, and Patrick Mahomes shows up in the big moment. He showed it to us last year, and he showed it to us when he beat the the Rams in his rookie year when they scored all those points. Um, I'm sorry. I think the Rams won that game. I'm bugging right now. It's It's been a long day. But he showed up to those games on, the, on offense big time, and he's here for the big moment. And um, I'm here for Patrick Mahomes, and I'm never going to bet against Patrick Mahomes until he gives me a reason to. So I'm taking the Chiefs here, money line, not taking... Um, I'll take the spread, actually, because it's plus three and a half, and that's a lot of points to take away from Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, that's for sure. So, uh, But you're starting them. You're starting the Tyreek. You're starting Clyde. You're starting Pat. You're starting Lamar. Um, you're starting Mark Andrews. You're starting Travis Kelsey. I'm not starting any other... Chiefs receivers other than Tyreek Hill and I'm not starting any running backs on the Ravens everyone's gonna lean Mark Ingram here because he had the touchdown last week he ran a play on fourth and one where he was supposed to get one yard and he found a hole and he took it 40 yards to the house and good for him 
but that was not a 40-yard touchdown run that he just did in the middle of the game. That was kind of a, a fluke. He found a hole in a fourth-and-one um, stop defensive scheme. So I'm not buying it. I'm not buying these Ravens running backs. They're all splitting. Until someone can show me what's going to happen going forward, who's going to be the guy, who's going to be the goal line. And honestly, I don't think they know, and I think they like it that way because they're continuing to dominate, and they don't care about our fantasy teams, and they shouldn't. So I don't like Ingram until he shows me he's the guy. I don't like Dobbins until he shows me he's the guy. Obviously, you're not starting Gus Edwards. Um, And I don't like Marquise Brown. People love Marquise Brown, and I get it that he's talented, and I get it that he's electric, but Lamar Jackson... It's a run-first offense. Lamar Jackson doesn't throw the ball a whole lot. And when he does, he doesn't throw it super far all the time. That's why Mark Andrews is so successful at such a lower snap percentage for a tight end one. Because that's the guy Lamar goes to when he's in trouble. And Mandrews knows how to get open. So it's it's a great connection. Um, in two weeks... Marquise Brown has finished as the wide receiver 26 and 62, I believe. 24 and 62? I'm not sure. I like I don't I don't want any part of that. That's that's a boomer bust guy who's not even as elite as Tyreek Hill, who's also a boomer bust guy. I don't want any part of that until he shows me a more stable role in the offense. So I'm out on Marquise Brown. I think that's all of the games yep that's all the games so i'm gonna run you through our betting lines and our touchdown draft really quick jackson took the jags minus three he put parentheses rest in peace he took the titans minus three um i think that's a good pick titans over the vikings that's cake and his lock is the bucks minus five and a half so he's obviously still on the bucks resurgence train they are playing a beaten down Broncos team. I don't hate it. His touchdown draft AFC is going to go to Melvin Gordon and his NFC is going to go to Jarek McKinnon. And this is where he said, and tell the listeners, I say Carson Wentz sucks for me. Love it. Jackson, I miss you. I don't, I don't like this solo thing, but we're getting through. Shout out to the listeners. Thanks for sticking with us this far. Um, my picks are going to be, I have the Steelers minus four over the Texans. I have San Francisco's only favorite over the Giants, three and a half points. I don't care how banged up they are. We suck. Um, I'm hammering that big time. And my lock of the week is the Rams plus one and a half. Um, I think if they lose this game, it's very, very, very close. So that leaves room for that because they are a dog. Second week in a row, the Rams are my lock as an underdog. So shout out to the Rams for that. My touchdown draft, as I mentioned earlier, Derrick Henry for the AFC. And I'm going to go contrarian to Jackson here, and I'm going to take uh, Jeff Wilson for the NFC. So he has McKinnon, I have Wilson. If they both scored, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised. So, And I will tell the listeners that Joe Mixon sucks. Joe Mixon sucks. Um, game picks. He took the Jags. I took the Dolphins. So shout out to me for that. Um, oh, he has them in a different order than me. Um, I'll tell you mine and we'll, we'll recap his picks on the recap episode, but I have Niners over Giants, Cardinals over Lions, 
Falcons over Bears, Rams over Bills, Browns over Washington. I have the Titans over the Vikings. I'm going to come back to that game. I have the Bengals over the Eagles, Steelers over Texans, Colts over Jets, Chargers over Panthers, Bucks over Broncos. Yeah, Seahawks over Cowboys, Packers over Saints, Chiefs over Ravens. And this game I was going to come back to is the Raiders and the Patriots, and I'm probably going to regret this, but I'm going to take the Las Vegas Raiders. John Gruden, Derek Carr, the Raiders over the Patriots in Foxborough. I am such a fool, but I'm doing it. We're doing it. Um, I like the points there better. It's five and a half, but we do pick them here, so that's how it's going to go. Uh, guys, thank you for listening this week. And again, sorry about the issues, but I'm sure I will be nice and healthy tomorrow morning, to be honest. Um, I think I just need some sleep. I did tempt myself and I don't have a fever. I just had some symptoms. So I'm going to, it's like 620 right now. I'm just going to go to bed and wake up tomorrow in like 12 hours and feel really good. Drink lots of fluids, all the stuff. So thank you in advance for the well wishes. Um, again, hit us up on Twitter, freeball and FF pod. Um, tweet us questions, tweet us, start sit, tweet us live reactions, troll us when we're wrong. We don't care. Interact with the Twitter. It's a lot of fun. Um, my personal Twitter is at Michael Shizzle and Jackson's is at King Hesse. King is spelled with a one. Um, so yeah, come check us out and come check out my other podcast. If you want to listen to two dudes, drink alcohol and talk about nothing for 90 minutes it's my buddy parker and it's called the ramblewood podcast and we do that once a week as well and you can find that where you found this podcast so thank you very much for listening i appreciate your listenership and we will see you for the recap episode Thank you.